Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook. Today we have Justin Wells with us, and we're going to talk about the Red River Shootout. Biggest regular season game every year, biggest regular season game this year. Uh, lots of different storylines, both sides of the rivalry. Uh, so really exciting. Uh, we'll also talk about where Justin has been this past week before uh, trying to improve both of our under 500 records against the spread. Make sure you like the, the video, subscribe to the channel, always helps us out. Also, make sure you check out InsideTexas.com. We still have the $1 for one month of plus access. You can get the best recruiting information in the humidor and the scoop. Uh, you can make sure you miss you don't miss anything uh, from the rest of the On3 network, and uh, you'll get the best in daily Texas Longhorns news and notes. So, Justin, it's this. I, I keep saying this to everybody. This is the time of year where it doesn't even feel like work. Like this is the most fun week just because it's Texas versus Oklahoma. That's that's a good way of describing it, Joe. It it's it's hate week, but we don't hate it. We we actually the the content flows this week. Uh it, it, either by, you know, team information, you know, breaking down previews of uh, both both teams, both sides of the ball, but it's really that nostalgic road trip that really hits home with fans. They love talking about the, the games of the past, the good, the bad, the ugly, and all that in between. And so for us, yeah, it may be hate week, but we don't hate it. This is this is a lot of fun, especially when Texas is, is favored for the first time uh, since 2009. And so that that adds a little more juice to it. And so this is, like you said, the, it's a fun week for us. We enjoy this. Yeah, 16-13, Big Will Muschamp game. Uh, in that one but yeah it, it's been a while and I think it's indicative where these two programs have been over the past decade but this year it seems like they're in very different spots or maybe you know at least for OU fans and I wrote about this on Inside Texas yesterday a spot they're not familiar with they're used to uh, Bud Wilkinson handing the keys off or Barry Switzer handing the keys off or Bob Stutes hand, just handing the keys off they're going through a program transition for the first time in you know since the 90s when they had their you know three head coaches and nine year little debacle right uh, so all these pains that texas fans have felt over the past 10 years ou fans are starting to get a taste of um and we'll see i mean they're experiencing the fact that first years are difficult uh we saw that last year with texas going five and seven uh but now you know it seems like steve sarkeesian has things going a little bit better than Oklahoma right now. Both teams are three and two, but one's coming off a win. One's coming off of back-to-back -back losses. And uh, the quarterback situation primarily couldn't be any more different. This is, as usual, uh, we're recording this before uh, Steve Sarkeesian's Thursday, you know, 11 a.m. Central Zoom. You know, I doubt he'll be very forthcoming with, with quarterback info because it'd be a pretty uh, significant shift in media strategy if he did that. Uh, yeah. But we've got notes over on Inside Texas. Either way, um, because of how good Hudson Card has played, because of how good we have seen Quinn Ewers play, and with Dylan Gabriel's very uh, you know questionable to doubtful status after getting uh, hit uh, after hit, sustaining an illegal hit and having the back of his head hit the turf against uh, TCU. Texas, for the first time since maybe, I don't know, the, the Blake Bell years or something like that, probably feels like that they have the advantage at quarterback and a clear advantage at that. 
You know, that's interesting. You went Blake Bell. You went Bulldoze, the Belldozer. Maybe maybe yeah. missing Trevor Knight. I guess I forgot about him. But, well, I mean, no, that's how, I mean, that's how yeah, long it's been. You know, it really has. You know, I believe, uh, you know, funny enough, Case McCoy was the one that, that beat the Belldozer that year in 2013. I thought that was kind of strange. And then in, I guess it was 2010, Landry Jones. I mean, if Sam Ocho scoops up that fumble late in the fourth quarter – Texas probably wins that game in a really odd game. I mean, that's the fun thing about this rivalry. There's so many memories that they can go back and forth. It's funny, though. Rarely does Texas have the better quarterback. Obviously, 04 and 05, Vince Young was better. And obviously, in, in, in 07 and uh, 08 and 09, uh, Colt McCoy was was probably an edge above, you know, uh, Sam Bradford. To be honest, they were probably as even as, as you could get. But Paul Thompson, I remember that 2006 Oklahoma team. That was a quarterback. That was a team that didn't really have a quarterback. Uh, and, and you kind of – they went through that. What's funny is that Texas has dealt with, dealt with two starting quarterbacks injured this season, Quinn Ewers and Hudson Card. Both look to be healthy. Both are, are, are obviously playing well right now. Or Card's playing well right now. Quinn beforehand. On the other side of the field, Joe – that's that's a big question mark for Oklahoma going into this game. Because if you know Jeff Lebby and that offense, it is derived off of that quarterback position. That's where it begins and ends, whether you're making one read or three. And so if Gabriel's not able to go, that that definitely plays into to Texas hands, I feel like. Uh, you know, uh, the DeVille kid, I feel like, is one that's more of a, a full-time backup comes in just to make sure he maintains the offense, you know, doesn't turn the ball over, tries to keep you in the game, keep you on the field. Whereas General Booty, another quarterback they brought in in this offseason, is a kid that can really sling the ball, Joe. He's a kid that we saw last year a, a few times. I, I caught him over at Tyler Junior College one time, and he's a great passer. This is a kid that I was, you know, if you'll remember, Steve Sarkeesian knows this kid. They were actually talking earlier last year. And, and as a potential, as a possibility to come in. And Booty's a kid that can throw the ball. He may not just have a sexy name. He's got a sexy arm. And so at the end of the day, Oklahoma's kind of in a conundrum right now. They're, 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 they're trying to figure out how to not go 0-3 in Big 12 play. And if we look back, I wonder if they've ever started the Big 12 play at 0-3. I mean, this could be a moment where Brent Venables – needs to find an identity because this thing could go south really fast in Norman. And, you know, the fact we've covered Texas over the last 10 to 12 years, we know that feeling when you're going through some of those newer coaches. And so there's there's so many storylines to this year. I feel, I feel like every year we don't have to come up with anything. The storylines sell themselves. And so the Texas quarterback position going in, you would think, ah, there's some injuries there. It's not as bad as it is on OU side. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Absolutely. I mean, just think about the, you know, we don't need to rehash the the sooner offseason, you know, basically everything that happened after Bedlam. Uh, but just know this, they threw four, they threw numbers at the quarterback position. They threw a number at, uh, you know, they it, not only at the top of the depth chart to get Dil- Dylan Gabriel, who was going to go to UCLA uh, before Levy, Venables, that. that group swooped in. They got Davis Beville, uh, a pit transfer who was Kenny Pickett's backup. Uh, they got General Booty, a junior college transfer. And then they got Nick Evers. Uh, I, I don't think he flipped from Florida, but he was committed to Florida at one time. Right. Um, and you no, know, so they had to throw four numbers, four players at that quarterback position because of the lurch that Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, uh, even Spencer Rattler left them in. And now the guy who they brought in to start is unlikely to play like they are in a pretty precarious position and they have other injuries too. And um, you know, I'm pretty sure that uh, Tommy Yarish and even Trey Yelling's videos, when we, they interview uh, opposing beat writers or media members, they'll go into that. We talked about it with our guy Keegan uh, Renau the other day. Um, Basically, you know, they're dinged up. It's not just at quarterback. It's all over. One thing I've been, you know, in, in talking either with J.D. Piquel or any of the, you know, here in the Horn in Austin or some radio stations in Oklahoma, the question always gets asked, hey, where, where do you see an advantage for Oklahoma? And this is the year where I'm just thinking and I go, I honestly don't know one. And that's a scary thought because then that puts, you know, they're not listening to us, but maybe that's us putting pressure on Texas like, hey, this is a game you should win. The only area I can really think of is whoever Braden Willis gets matched up on, maybe working over the middle, or Marvin Mims. Like, and that's it. I can't think of anywhere else where Oklahoma is, you know, I can look at a position battle and think that that's where the classic Oklahoma, they got it there. I, I don't see that this year, except for maybe uh, Mims and Willis. And I mean, those are their two best players for a reason. Joe, that, 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 that's exactly kind of – if I'm a Sooners fan, that's my worry. This is not a Bob Stoops, Lincoln Riley-looking team. Those groups had explosive guys on offense every year via tailback, slot receiver. They've always got a fullback that seems to, 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 to rattle Texas on a Saturday. And then that receiver, Marvin Mims is a great possession guy. He's going to play on Sundays. Frisco Lone Star kid. But he's not somebody that's going to beat you deep. He's not a guy that you've got to shade a safety over to, to, to make sure. Theo Weiss is a kid that can make a few plays, but I think he's still in that transition of trying to break out and kind of find his role in that offense. It's I'm a little surprised because Jeff Levy is an excellent offensive coordinator, and maybe you have to get and, – and, and there's some Browse system in that. There's some Baylor variant shoot in it. And, and if, if you know that offense, if you don't have speed – on the outside, that offense doesn't work. It's as simple as that. And so they don't have that right now. Obviously, they're, you know, they're trying to put that together with recruiting classes, but this is not your normal Oklahoma team that we've seen over the last 10 or 15 years. You're right. Texas, from a matchup standpoint, seems to check most boxes. I think special teams for, for Oklahoma is pretty, is pretty solid this year, if I recall, the kinky game and punt game. But somebody asked me the other day who was the biggest surprise uh, for the season for Texas. And I said, I mean, if we're being totally honest, it's Burt Auburn. 
That's been the guy that's really personally been my biggest surprise. You and I talked about this. We bemoaned about it in the offseason. That was a position you're a little scared about. I don't know why we had any fear. Jeff Banks lined that dude up, and those guys are playing well. So that's a great point. This matchup really does kind of favor Texas. Another person I talked to last night uh, when we did a podcast asked me, you know, kind of like where, you know, where would you find, you know, you know, what would you, what would the strategy be with Oklahoma? Well, with me, it tried to be keeping Texas offense off the field. It would try to be to attack that defense, but we both know PK style is almost built for this spread. It's almost built for, for things of this sort. So at the end of the day, Texas kind of, Texas matchup matches up better. Now, once they walk through the tunnel on Saturday, those matchups don't matter at first. None of that matters at first. A lot of those records don't matter at first. The underdog, the favorite, that doesn't matter. Over the course of the game is where we'll see that kind of take place. If Texas gets a big league early, I I, I just think that this is a team, this is a year that could be like 2005, where you you haven't won the game in a four- or five-year stretch, and you stomp your foot down and, and really leave the Sooners and send them home crying in Norman. And so that's got to give Texas fans uh, uh, some excitement because, yeah, I think the Horns come in with a better team, certainly more explosive on the offensive style of ball. Yeah, and, you know, talking to players this week, they're motivated. You know, there are guys from the class of 2018 like Mora Ojimo, Deshaun Jameson, uh, a bunch of different guys like that. They they beat them. They beat Oklahoma in their freshman year and have lost four games since then. They're yeah. motivated. Guys like Rashawn Johnson are motivated to win this game. Like there's there's going to be a lot of, you know, reason for both teams to get up. But this Texas team seems as motivated to win this game um, as, you know, I, I, I can remember them. I mean, they're always motivated to win this game. I think it's going to be the the first quarter is going to be very interesting to watch because, like you said, you can throw everything out and then it becomes kind of a, you know, who takes the who takes the first punch, who throws the first punch. We saw what happened last year, and Oklahoma roared back. I don't know if this team does the can this Oklahoma team can do the same, but you know it, it's going to be uh, pretty. That that I want to see how that first quarter goes because that's where Texas has thrived this year with the script. Right. Um, we're going to see how whoever plays at quarterback for OU is is able to you know prepare himself or acclimate himself to the game, and you know what they may do to try to alleviate all the the problems that they may face using a backup quarterback or we'll see if you know if they play him for some reason Dylan Gabriel's at you know top at his peak form so really excited for this one um trying to think anything else from from the game there is uh, to preview before we kind of talk about recruiting a little bit and uh you know then you know the, the, the recruiting can segue into it because there's going to be a handful of recruits they're all on Oklahoma's side this year. Since Oklahoma's the host, they get to, to, to bring in the recruits on their dime. And so we can segue into that because, it, you know, there's a few there's a handful of Texas targets that are going to be there. There's some Texas commits that are going to be there. Uh, you know, there's a Texas commit that's going to be on OU's dime. <laughs> and I told him he's a very resourceful young man. And so, yeah, we can kind of segue into it. But I will say this, too. Talk to one of our good buddies, Alex De La Torre, uh, coach over at Wiley East. He was on that 2013 team that uh, that beat Oklahoma. It was a pretty big upset. I call it the Moxie Bowl. And and at that game, those the big the big thing with those players was they hadn't beat OU yet. 
and they did not want to leave Texas, leave Austin without having a W, putting on that golden hat. I think you're going to see some of that Saturday. There's a strong group of these guys, uh, Joe, that have never beaten Oklahoma. And trust me, they will get teased by it in every NFL locker room, in every barber shop, and in every bar for the rest of their lives. So that means something. I, I learned years ago from those guys, hey, they want to have at least one of those wins against the Sooners before they leave the, uh, the ATX. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Yeah, I, I think there's one, you know, and it will, obviously we'll have that info over inside Texas, but I think the most important guy that Oklahoma is hosting is committed to Oklahoma but who Texas still wants to take a crack at. And that's Colton Vosick, who's from Austin Westlake, uh, would address a position of big-time need at Texas on the on the edge. Texas legacy, but like so many other Central Texas uh, prospects, decided to go to OU. Kind of odd, but hey, to each their own. One of three, I think, what, three, maybe four Westlake prospects who are not going to Texas, one going to Notre Dame, one going to A&M, one going to OU. Uh, but Texas has maintained contact. He went to the Texas versus Alabama game. This will be another opportunity for him to see the Longhorn defense in person. Granted, again, he's an OU commit and he's going on the Oklahoma dime. Uh, but, you know, this is going to be another chance for Texas to try to put in the, the, the pliers to maybe, you know, work together for a flip. Um, I want to kind of get into where you went these past couple days. Uh, we'll start with Waco, uh, Waco Conley. Uh, they have one of the top cornerbacks in the 2024 class and several other uh, high-profile athletes, but I want to get to Kobe Black. Uh, you know, Texas is going to be uh, recruiting. They, they still need corners for the 2023 cycle, uh, even with Malik Muhammad committed. He's taking visits. Uh, but Kobe Black in the 2024 cycle, one of the top players in Texas, one of the top corners in the country, um, and somebody that uh, they are after uh, from the Central Texas area. Yeah, this is a kid, um, you know, there's a lot of head-to-heads uh, when it comes to recruiting. And and Kobe Black is going to be one of those guys where it's it's basically a three-headed monster of Texas, Oklahoma, and Texas A&M. I think right now we're getting into a transition where those three right now are going to try to dominate this little area, this little region. SEC will come in and grab a few. Big Ten will get a gra- grab a handful. The ACC always likes to grab some. Pac-12, who knows what's going to go on out there. But, yeah, Kobe Black is just – he's one of those kids that inside Texas we've been making our rounds not only with kids that are still on the radio for 2023, but really we focused a lot on 2024 and really seeing these guys in person and building these relationships – be it going and seeing Micah Hudson twice in two months, going and seeing Michael Uni uh, twice in two months. Kobe Black's on that list. Uh, had an excellent time out at Conley. Coach Jarrett could not have been any more hospitable and nice. Coach Cepeda was absolutely uh, was cool. Coach Snell, I met their basketball coach. One of the coolest things about Conley in their program right now is that every member of the basketball team, a 31-4 and four team, state-ranked team in 4A, Everyone starts on the football team. 
And so you get an incredibly athletic, defensive-minded type of group. And, and I think that helps them flourish. Kobe Black is at the top of that list. This is a kid that does everything. He is a total package. He's a cornerback at the next level. And that's – it says six foot, five and a half. He's – He's definitely 6'1". He's definitely more in the 190, 195 range. He's, he, he's been getting thicker. If you know his family, his dad was a college football player for Kansas, uh, for Kansas State. He was actually a quarterback there when Michael Bishop was a quarterback. Uh, him and I went back and forth about that last night, You know, be, me being a huge Michael Bishop fan from those late 90s K-State teams. And then his brothers, his oldest brother went and played junior college basketball. The next brother went and played. Uh, he's, a, he's a DB over at uh, Oklahoma State right now. And so there's a there's there's a lineage of athletes in that family. And Kobe is probably the best. This is a kid that, like I said, he's going to be a corner at the next level. But he plays safety. He plays corner. He plays wide receiver. And here recently, because of injuries, they've moved him to running back. And they thought it might just be a game or two playing playing tailback until you watch the last two game films. He might stay at running back. This is a big load and a big kid. Better than that, though, off the field, he's tremendous. And there is something in common there. Texas, Oklahoma, and Texas A&M, which are three schools that he had named that are definitely standing out in his recruitment. For Kobe, this one's going to be a long distance. This one's going to be a building relationships through the process. This is going to be one. This isn't going to be a quick trigger type of, of commitment. This is going to be one that you, you're going to have to uh, give the old, air, uh, the old adage, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. But Texas has put themselves in a great position. And the best thing that could happen, Joe, for Kobe Black was being in attendance for Texas, Alabama. That absolutely blew his mind. He had never seen a crowd and an atmosphere. And he's been to stadiums before like that game. He even told me he wishes he could have been out on the field. Like he literally tried, wanted to go out on the field. It was such a rush. And that's what you want to hear from kids. When you bring them in for these visits, that's what you want to hear. You know, bringing in a Colton Vosik, like you said, we talked about a little bit earlier. That's huge because, you know, Texas is selling him on an Ethan Burke role. Well, guess what? That's his best friend. And they've talked about them both playing on the edge, opposite sides. And so those Westlake kids that did decide to go to Texas, they're doing a tremendous job of also recruiting Colton Vosik to, to see if they can, can, can flip him as well. Oklahoma not playing well definitely doesn't help them in that stretch, especially on the defensive end with a defensive-minded guy like Venables. The Kobe Black, what a good kid. And what's funny is I go to see the kid that everyone knows, and Kobe Black is definitely an elite kid. I don't think he's the number one player in the state, Joe. There's some other sites that have him as number one. He's definitely the number one DB. I, I think that battle for the number one spot is probably going to be between Michael Uni and Micah Hudson. But Kobe Black's in that discussion, brother. Make no, no qualms about it. He's easily a top five kid in the state. Um, we found, I saw a kid named Jelani McCoy, the guy that kept throwing him the ball, who is 6'3", about 205, and, and just tremendous. And then I come, I look at our on-three rankings, and the, when they did a re-ranking, I believe it was about a week or so, or so ago, he's the number three athlete in the nation. They jump bumped him up so high to the he's just a, a three star on some of these other rankings. On three has him as a four star climbing. And so the best thing about that one, Texas has been involved as of late. And he's going to be looking to attend the Texas Iowa State game on October 15th. 
you know, week week from week from next weekend. And so that's another recruitment. I think you go see Kobe Black, you learn about Jelani McCoy in Texas, and you find some other guys here and there. But yeah, Kobe Black, he can do everything, Joe. He's the total package. There's a reason he's got 23 offers. He'll have 40 before he graduates. And right now, I feel like Texas is doing a solid job. They're they're basically among the top of the pack. There's no separation there right now. Loves Terry Joseph. That's his main man, he said. And he also wants to play early. That's a factor in his recruitment as well. And so Texas has set the foundation there. Remember, you and I, I believe, met him on his uh, elite day, junior day, in late January, early February, when they came in and in, 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 uh, came in Austin. He's bigger. He's gotten thicker. And uh, he's going to be a, a an absolute steal for somebody at the next level. Yeah, and uh, Texas may also have someone on campus next year helping them out. Trey Wisner used to play at uh, Waco Conley, transferred to DeSoto. And I think at that same elite day, Trey was saying, I, I got to get him here. I got to get him here. So uh, another uh, another aspect in that recruitment that will help out Texas. Um, we'll have a bunch more recruiting notes uh, on Inside Texas. Um, Justin's got recruiting notes and some insight on Kobe Black and uh, on McClellan and, and the rest and some other Waco Conley prospects over on Inside Texas. So check that out. Um, running up against the clock here a little bit. So it's time to make the picks. And, you know, last week we both thought Texas would win, but we did not think Texas would cover the nine point spread against West Virginia. Uh, so yeah. that knocked I'm us both surprised. back. That knocked us both back to two and three. This week it is Red River Shootout, and Texas for the like you said earlier for the first time I think since two thousand nine enters this game as a favorite. See a lot of books that uh, have Texas as a touchdown favorite. What's your thoughts? Do you think they cover that seven, or do you think uh, Oklahoma keeps it within one score? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's one of those games where, man, the under... You throw the records out. I know that's such a cliche. I'm sure fans hate hearing that. I'm sure we've said it enough, but it's the truth. You don't know. I, I could. I would feel so much comfortable with a field goal. I would feel so much comfortable at three, three and a half. I think I could make a move there. But a touchdown in this game, look, Oklahoma has not played well in the last few weeks. You know what that means? They're probably due. And so you have to factor that into the college game a lot of times. You see a team not play well for a couple of weeks and you automatically think, well, I can I can take a line there where it's covering. Not in this sport. The, the, these kids are resilient. They they get over losses real fast. Six and a half or seven is just, oh, I don't feel comfortable with that. And that's why you and I talk about this. Vegas knows, Joe. They know. They know exactly where to put that line. I'm going to say Texas covers. I feel like they're a touchdown better. I feel like we could definitely see uh, number three slinging the pill on Saturday. And if that's the case, if it does happen to be Quinn Ewers at quarterback, I think they can cover the seven. So I'm, I'm, I was, I was hell bent last week that it wasn't going to happen with West Virginia. 
and the Longhorns slapped me in the face. So hopefully they uh, they they kissed me on the cheek this time. Man, I thought you were with all the what you were saying. I thought you were going to pick OU to cover or to you know stay. The Ewers factor gets me. The Ewers factor. I thought this was going to be a chance for us to have maybe different picks and see who's going to move ahead. But no, I'm with you. Um, I I, I do feel like Texas can uh, cover seven because uh, you know I I think I have them as a 38-28 winner in in our round table that'll come out probably on Friday. yeah, I, I think it'll be close. Oklahoma, I mean, let's let's be honest here. They're not devoid of talent. You know, they lost some, but they're still good players on that team. Yeah. It's going to be a tight battle, but I think it's one that Texas will will show that they are the, the at least on Saturday, the better team um, and prevail. So, all right, well, we will see. Hopefully we both get back to 500, and uh, maybe we'll see if, if that's the case. Then the Longhorns will be 4-2, and two, kind of on track. I guess to say for a, a season that uh, a lot of people thought that, you know, would look, look like this, at least at this point. Um, but yeah. Anything else, Justin, or are you uh, ready to get out of here? One parting thought, Jamal, J- Jamel Johnson, cornerback, uh, nickelback safety uh, for uh, Arlington Seguin, Texas commit, the first commit of the class of 2023. He's also being recruited by a touch of kit, a, a bunch of, a bunch of schools. We, we, we have updates at InsideTexas.com. But the, the best one was that Oklahoma still recruiting him. And I said, I asked him on Monday, I believe it was Tuesday. I said, are you, are you going to try to attend the game? He's like, yeah, I'm going to go on Oklahoma's di- tickets. So a Texas commit has convinced Oklahoma to give him tickets so he can come watch the Red River shootout. Shout out, Jamel Johnson. You work the system, buddy. You're my player of the day. Hey, you only get recruited once, in, at least out of high school. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, welcome to the brave new world. Um, but anyway, uh, thank you for watching this video. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe to our channel. Uh, never miss any of the videos. Of course, we're happy to welcome Trey Elling to the On Texas Football and Inside Texas Fold. Uh, make sure you tune in on Saturday after the game. Bobby Burton and Rod Babers, as always, will We'll break it down, and uh, we'll have plenty of other content on here and on Inside Texas throughout the week. You can get a dollar. You can get a month for one dollar over at Inside Texas. Get the best premium access, and uh, come see what we're what we're talking about. We go to a lot more detail over there in the written word than we do in the video, but we're pretty detailed in those videos too. So that should tell you what we're about. So for Justin Wells. I'm Joe Cook. Thank you so much. Safe travels to anyone heading to Dallas, and we will see you next week.